All right, so this is the About Violence podcast, and today we are going to be talking about not being fat. I mean, I think if I was going to sum it down, if I was going to cook it down, I'm going to boil it down to uh, this reduction of how dangerous of a point we are in American society. 77% of American youth are not eligible to serve in the United States military. When I say eligible, I mean 77% of them are so fat that they can't even serve in the military. Here we go. 77% of American youth can't qualify for military service. Better nutrition and physical activity can yield the outcomes of youth and bolster national security. So when national security problem, a national security problem is a point where the Joint Chief of Staff and secretaries and every single group have to come up with a plan to solve a problem. And this problem is that our youth are so unhealthy that it is a national security concern. The t- remaining 23%, even though they're eligible service, they are not capable for service. Mm-hmm. These, these are different things, eligible and capable. So of the remaining 23%, if you have 100 kids, 77 of them are not healthy enough to be in the military. The remaining 23%, I'm going to say 5% have the capability of service. But 10% will get in. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So uh, with me, co-hosts, Travis Joyner, Chancellor Coker, and uh, this this is an epidemic. This is a real pandemic. This is an epidemic that spreads across all um, of the most important jobs in our country, firefighters, police officers, um, EMS. No, I'm just kidding. EMS. <laughs> the um, ambulance drivers got to give yeah. some love. Yeah. Coast Guard. Coast Guard. And uh, every single branch of service. Um, and when you talk about these numbers, this is the minimum standard, not like this is what you need to be a high performer in your job or to be highly yeah. effective, just the bare minimum. Yeah, and um, I, I wish we could whiteboard this, Doug. But So if you take 100 kids, right, 8 out of 100 that are in com- combat arms that go to selection get selected. So if we take 100, we lose 77%, so now we've got 23 kids. Of those 23 kids, we... Um, we have to have a hundred of them for us to be able to run a selection class to garner eight, right? So um, I'm talking four classes. That's right. Some. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. To even get eight. Yeah. To get eight. It's problematic. How long has this problem been? Like they've been kicking the can down the road for a long time, though, because the solution has been let's just lower the standard. Yeah, they, they've been doing that. Right. And uh, that's biting them now because what we're seeing on the military side, and I really want to want to hear about um, on the law enforcement side, on the fire side, because I know everybody's experiencing the same problems um, on the military side. When a a young strapping buck, a stud, right? He 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 enlists as an eleven Bravo, so he wants to be infantry. He goes to basic training, he goes to infantry school, and then from there he goes to airborne school because he's going to go to eighty second airborne. Man, like he is so pumped. He jumps out of this plane. He's he's got about to be the one one jump chump, and he breaks his legs. Mm. Why did he break his legs? Because he's been sitting on his ass for the past fifteen years of his life 
playing video games, not doing the things that we did when we were kids, which was jumping out of trees, you know, like tussling in the backyard, taking a rock and bouncing it off my buddy's head, um, you know, like playing airsoft, but with real BBs because we, yeah, yeah. we <laughs> don't shoot your sister, don't shoot anybody in the face and yeah. no dick shots, yeah. you know, and maybe try not to shoot towards the house because if something bounces off the window or you crack a window, mom's going to come out. With don't, tell mom. No. Yeah. 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 don't tell mom. Happen, so. Yeah. And so it's a, I get it. We're living in a different, softer era. But we're knocking on the door to World War III. Society, I, I, in my lifetime, I have never seen us so... My heart rate monitor. I have never seen us so fragile and vulnerable to... When there are food lines during the pandemic, there are riots. People riots. in their mind. Lost their, they, they say it takes five loss of meals for complete social anarchy. Well, I mean, Katrina's a perfect like modern day example right it took like three days for society to altogether break down yeah people like, murdering each other right like i think there was like documented cannibalism yeah. right like it, it was insane and uh so at the police academy at in fire service when i was talking about capable when we get these young studs and I, I use the, stud, the word stud with a degree of grace um you know you you hand them a tool that is necessary for them to do the job. And they look at it, they're like, what is this? Right, rather than having grown up, being familiar with, been around this, I may not have you know, learned the technically correct ways to use it, it's exactly, it's a brand new skill set that you're trying to ingrain in someone in a short period of time. So I, I know we're, we're starting hammering, we'll get to solutions, but I, I kind of want to get this collective perspective as to you know firefighters young kids coming in from the academy and it, it was there was an expectation when i was a firefighter you know you could use power equipment you know you could use a skill you have to saw kind of have like an engineer brain yeah yeah, yeah. just you, you kind of have to yeah and uh you know quickie saws hydraulic tools like the, these are tools of the trade and uh you have to understand what kind of oils go with what type of motors, which things you have to have mixed gases for. You know, if I think I'm going to take a, a, a regular car oil and mix that with my gasoline to get me. We used to get those kids that the new kids, the new rookies that didn't know any of that shit. And we would have them like trying to push start the saws on the, on the bay. Right? <laughs> like be like, yeah, yeah, you just don't have enough compression. You just got to push it faster. Yeah. And like, I mean, and it's learn like, the hard way, but yeah. <laughs> and like the like, I would know about that from dirt bikes, right? Just yeah. growing up. It's not that I have that specific skill set or, or tool, but like you, you just know how grew a motor up, works. Yeah, yeah, doing things like that. Is it just me, or not just the fragility of society, but the 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 soft? I, and I know I, I I sound like such an old man. You know, I, I worry that my uncles, the Vietnam era, looked looking at us, are like, look at these freaking punk kids. You know, but yeah, I mean, like probably is it real? 80% of their pop or 80% of their demographic was a bunch of hard asses. Right. And then the next group was down to 60%. Right. And now like ladies, look at your husband. Like if, if he needed to hang the, a picture on the wall, could he do it? Like, yeah. could he change a tire? Like, so then what is that generation passing down to the next generation? You know, like what are, are these dads now able to actually teach their sons? Um, not yeah. much, right? And so then what's going to that? Because I think there was like this time frame where everybody thought that computers is a future, which obviously it was. And so they had dedicated all this time and energy to being great at computers. And now 
all the kids are great at computers and nobody has any like hard skills and there's nobody to, to teach those hard skills anymore. And yeah, so like nobody understands how to read a measuring tape yeah. or use a saw or just build anything. Well, but yeah. then like you said, the, the issue with that is, okay, do I need to know how to change a tire? Well, today I have a cell phone and I can, you know, call these services for now, you know, yeah. when everything's working perfectly, yeah, it's not necessarily as important of a skill until you have an emergency and no one's answering the other end of that yeah. call. And then the you have like the unfortunate people that then they just try to figure stuff out in the crisis and they die because they lit a fire in a trash can inside of their house because they were yeah. cold, right? And so they yeah. suffocate. And uh, and it's 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 frightening how useless this this that society is right now. When I say useless, I mean all of the skills that they think matter. I can YouTube it and learn it. Well, you won't be able to. Yeah. You know? In a perfect world. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I'll be able to call for help. You won't. Um, John Danaher got hit by a, I'm going I'm to dunk on you guys a little bit. Sorry. Um, he, he got hit by a DUI guy this week. And um, yeah, he, uh, this was at 11.30 p.m., and uh, he sat with this guy on the side of the road after he had called 911 for five hours. Yep. And um, then he got a call at almost 5 a.m. It was 4-something a.m. When it's like, um, hey, there's nobody at this scene. He's like, I, I called six hours ago. I, I called that I got hit by a DUI and that I can't use my car and I'm stuck on the side of the road. And, uh, like there's no help coming and, uh, I've, I've experienced that and we're every law enforcement agency is looking at a crazy manpower shortage. Every fire department is cracking their knuckles being like, I don't know how to solve this. The military is scared to death of what it's going to look like in 2024. Yeah. How do we solve this? I think things have to get really bad before they get better. Honestly, like that's not hopeful. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, that's that's what that's like. Like we need the Russians. We, well, we, need, we need like Red Dawn to happen. Yeah. Is that? What people I mean, have it, to see yeah. the need for it. Yeah, right exactly. now, right now. But I, I say that you know, in Austin we had the the snowpocalypse where people didn't have power for a couple of days. Everyone's losing their mind, and then fast forward. Two years later, and two weeks ago, there were no people one's... dumpster diving in an HEB because they ran out of food. Yeah, yeah. In downtown Austin, and I guarantee, two years ago, whenever it happened to them, they're like, "Never again." Yeah, yeah. everyone said, "Okay, yeah. I'm going to get prepared," and then no one did. I, I like, uh, I, I, I so often try to remind people: remember how scared you were when the pandemic first happened and civil unrest was going on concurrently, when people were rioting and burning streets, like burning cars down in the middle of the street burning, peacefully burning peace, buildings peacefully and, protesting but burning down n entire neighborhoods and while that was happening people didn't know where their next food was going to come there's shortages everywhere there's no toilet paper there was no water you know there was no oatmeal there was um and anything there's no flour there's no sugar uh, there's no bleach there's no vinegar and uh so quickly everybody forgot and got comfortable again What's wrong with these people? Yeah. I, I think it has to be like you said before, grassroots. You know, it has to be like talking to the people around you, your community. You know, hey, yeah, I may be prepared. Start talking to your neighbors. Start talking to your, your kids, friends, parents. And you like, know, and I, 
I think that we a try. lot of that is like you influence the people around you, right? right? And so um, you kind of have to, it, it falls on to every person out there individually to prepare themselves and then, and then start the trying them. to help start, the people start around start them. nudging them. Yeah. You know, like, hey, let's have a plan in case the power goes out. Costco's got these freeze-dried food on sale. You might grab a case. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, from the majority of teens not knowing how to change a tire. Hey, Google um, or DuckDuckGo, whatever, the uh, dumpster diving in Austin, Texas. And it's, it was expired food. Yeah. The, the, or, or food that had gone bad because yeah. it didn't have Yeah, because it was unrefrigerated. Yeah. They lost the, the supermarket lost power. The, they took all the food that didn't have refrigerated, um, that needed to be refrigerated, that wasn't refrigerated. They threw it all in the dumpsters. The word spread, and everybody that didn't have food was dumpster diving. Um, 250 people dumpster dive outside of Austin to HEB for discarded, spoiled food. This, I mean, we didn't have power for... It wasn't that long. It was like 48 hours. Yeah. Some people you know, were Depending down, on where you more were. More or less. Yeah. But they were like a short drive away from power, right? If they didn't have power at their house, like... Their go, neighbors did. You right? could go to the gym. Or yeah. You could go to the... Yeah. It wasn't what it was in Snowpocalypse to where no. you just couldn't even drive anywhere. I, during Snowpocalypse, got the generators going, made sure my chickens were warm, made sure... And, uh, I mean, it was... It, I know everybody throws stones at Austin or Texas as a whole because it was like, oh, really, you guys, you couldn't handle six inches of snow and, like, sub-freezing temperatures for three weeks? No, the entire state is built to deal with heat. So, no, we're built different. Yeah. You would not survive here one summer, so don't throw stones at us how difficult it is for people in Texas to deal with cold. Um, I was I let some air out of my tires, um, put on put on my little Carhartt overalls, and uh, pulled out my, my muck boots. And just so I could get out of the house, I would just drive around and pull people out as they were stuck on the side of the road. Oh. Um, you know, I'd like, I'd find that Asian that moved here from Minnesota that opened his donut shop. I'd just go in and hang out with him for a little bit, maybe bring home an apple fritter for the kids. You know, like I was so bored. I'd go out and work out in my garage like two or three times. My wife, I'm, I was doing all these things. So she's like, you need to go do something. I just cannot handle you in this house any longer. Go away. Um, and while, all the while, the rest of the city is like, Considering eating each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So aside from Russia or China dropping in paratroopers into the United States. I think we'd integrate better to Russia than Chinese. <laughs> we got to take, I've, I'm rooting for Russia over China. Over China. Just uh, saying. My son showed me a video this morning, my seven-year-old, of uh, some kids in China assembling and disassembling oh, pistols yeah. in class, in school, and uh, he's like, so can we do this? I mean, like, I mean, we do this, but can I do this in school? And I was like, uh, you can't even draw a picture of a gun in no. school. But like, yeah. yeah, I had my kids working on that while the power was out. Hey, here's some guns we're going to clean and take apart, you know? So th there's pockets of us. Um, I love camp camping in your backyard. Tomorrow night, I have my son's entire class. They're going to learn how to do a uh, figure eight. They're going to learn how to um, do a square knot. They're going to learn how to start a fire. They're going to learn the basic cardinal directions of compass. They get little gift bags. It's going to have a compass. It's going to have a whistle. It's going to have a uh, two-foot length of rope for them to practice their knots. They're going to get a glow stick, and they're getting a lighter, and they get a little pocket knife, um, and, uh, and then we're going to, like, camp. That was really normal for me growing up. That happened, I mean— 
probably every month. Yeah. We'd like go and do stuff. Nobody does that anymore. Mm. Yeah. It doesn't have to be camping. It can be anything. Something, a useful skill outdoors. Yeah, there's the... Oh, there it is. Oh, you didn't believe me? Or, or you got Google to show it. Yeah, look at this. Trigger discipline, kid. Get that straight along the slide. Camouflage isn't going to really conceal you from anything either. God, we are going to be so screwed if we fight them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of them. But there's there's no. an entire uh, police academy. But right even, now you know, that take can't do take that. away like the the practical skill of being able to fix and diagnose a problem or clean a gun. Like you're problem solving. You're learning like how a machine works and how these parts move together. How I can fix it. Like it it applies to other things in life. <sighs> Man. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to be hopeful, a, but I don't know that there's like a like an over overreaching solution, right? Like there's no just, hey, this is the fix and everything's going to get better. But again, it goes back to a lot of what we've talked about previously of like, it, it starts with the individual, right? Yeah. It starts with that one person that's okay. Like I'm going to get my house in order and then I'm going to start reaching out to the people that are close to me and helping them yep. and teaching them or just kind of nudging them in the right direction or whatever it is. Um, taking people to the range or, you know, just going and building something and teaching your kids how to do those things. And instead of letting them sit inside on the iPad, take them outside, make them come outside, yeah. help, you know, the, uh, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful. Don't judge me to take those, that cast of getting look off your face. Um, we, we launched that Apogee strong dads program this year mm -hmm. and we had like a thousand dads apply for it that's awesome and um what's the, the program so it's it's like it's it's father mentorship you're going to work out we have a reading list a pretty comprehensive like you would not be surprised you've read most of these books um Gates of Fire or something. yeah all <laughs> and a lot of the things that exist in kind of our daily routine we were talking about fitness every single day having great diet being intentional with your wife being intentional with your kids you know like planning out your day sometimes even we require some of these guys to journal there's a lot of mentoring that's happening and on this on this, uh, yeah, on this online mentorship program, we're really just giving like this roadmap. You, you and I have talked about this often, you know, like how extraordinary, I'm gonna ride you, your coattails here a little bit, how remarkable you are as a father. You never had a roadmap. You like figured this out on your own. And, and there's not, but you, you're both very rare men in that regard where you're like, I'm gonna be faithful. I'm gonna be intentional. I'm going to work hard at all these things that I do. I'm going to be good at all of these things. So often people are just looking for the easiest, um, least effort route. And that just doesn't work, especially as a father. So we, um, it's like gloves off m mentorship for these dads. You know, some of them are coming in in a similar situation to you. Like they had no roadmap. I had the greatest roadmap in the world. Like I love my father and he, he even as imperfect as he was and struggles that he had, like he really laid out what does it look like to be a great dad. I had an amazing grandfather. I had amazing uncles. So I had like success after success after success. I had playbooks that I just stole and picked from. And then um, this, we know for a fact, statistically, the thing that determines statistically the best or worst success for a, a young person in a home is the existence of a father. 
Like you, you want to damn that child for how he's going to perform in school. If he's going to struggle with mental health, his, um, struggles with the law later in life, um, his financial success, his chances of getting into schools, his, uh, even graduating from schools, all of those things go back to if there's a, if there's, if there's a father in the home and, um, it is frightening when I say father, I, I don't just mean that there is a dad that's that's like... But there's not a guy just living in the house. Yeah, I'm talking a father. Right. Like a dude that gets up, works his ass off, his hands are calloused, he's strong, he's fit, you know, he um, he, he knows what it means to, to be a man. And um, so that's, <clears throat> that's the problem, or that's the program, and also the problem. Seeing... It's beautiful that some of this this generation are aware enough to know, like, dude, I don't know how to change a tire. I don't know how to change the oil in my car. I don't know how to do fitness. Like, not even learn how to be, a, a, you know, a black belt in jujitsu, you know, or like be a, an incredible shooter um, and be like, you know, on a, on a special team with incredibly talented people. I'm talking like basic stuff. Basic tasks. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so kudos to them that they're aware and that they're doing it but then it's also which gives me hope that like hey they're here they're here to learn but then i'm also like oh shit yeah there's and, a lot of you and yeah. there's the access to information to learn all these skills oh, yes. is at a higher time 90 percent of homeless kids or 90 percent of runaways no dad 63 percent of youth suicides no dad 85 percent of behavioral you you thought i was making this shit up huh no no i believe you I see it. I've seen it live. High school dropouts. Seventy-one percent of all high school dropouts, no dad. Seventy percent of juvenile in-state operated institutions, no dad. Like you, I mean, these are like such profound differences numerically that I mean, this should frighten the living shit out of you about you not being a present, intentional dad. Yeah, I've had this conversation with my wife before about like not just being a present dad, but like being that like masculine male figure right like society has kind of blurred all these lines and everything's okay they've intentionally attacked yeah they've attacked Uh, yeah semantics but yes um and it's just become like you're wrong if you don't feminize yourself and then allow your kid to be feminine Uh it's like uh, my guiding principle um has been would the greatest generation have done this, right? Like, would the greatest generation have let their kids, let their son buy Barbies and and have, like, you know, and conf- just confuse them, paint their fingernails because mom was painting their fingernails and they wanted to paint them. Like, no, like, let's define these lines. Like, here's clearly what the masculine role is and here's clearly what the feminine role is. And I understand that there's people that are outliers that have different situations, right? But if you just treat everyone like that outlier, then that's where you wind up. It seems to me like this mental health crisis at these teenage years, because they they're having these identity crisis. They never figured out what it meant to be a man um, or what it, what it meant to be a woman or how a man should treat a woman. Yeah. Uh, Everything's just like, there's, there's no defined roles. Right. So like in my house, we have a very, it's very much a nuclear family, right? Yeah. It's like mom stays home, takes care of the kids. She's a badass. Work. She's awesome. She's beautiful. Yeah. She's a hard worker. She's brilliant. Her her job's a million times harder than mine, yeah. right? But I think there's a lot of stuff that could probably start getting fixed with these kid problems if people would just stay in their lane, right? Yeah. And like define their roles and show your children what it means to be a man and learn those things for yourself, right? 
Yeah. Stop letting MTV make your social decisions for you. Here's my dad. He sent me a text nine minutes ago. You heard it beep. All it says is, there's a picture and it says elk and scallops. He's awesome. It's my dad. <laughs> that man. Yeah. And I know what the picture looks like. It's going to be, those are going to be like his scallops and that's going to be his elk. Meets. That guy. <sighs> um, in the eligibility for service, how important is fitness to be a police officer? How important is it for fitness for how you? How important to, is it or how important should it be? Um, yeah, no, how, how important Fair. for you to do the job well is fitness. It's the foundation. And, and I say that, I think a lot of people assume like, okay, well, yeah, you, you may not be using it on a daily basis, but let's break it down. Decision-making, right? Mm. Like your ability to process information, think clearly is directly related to your physical fitness when you're doing something strenuous, right? Uh, then just being able to do the task. Like, can you effectively pick up these items, jump over the fence, drag this person here, move this object, just doing the tasks, that's the baseline. And then being able to make the decisions on whether you need to do the task. Yeah. Just think about presence. Like if the, the cop shows up at your house to handle the worst day of your life and they look like a can of pop biscuits in their uniform, like how confident are you in their abilities? Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, no, no. No help is coming. But then occasionally when help comes, you're like, ooh. Yeah. Never mind. I'll figure it out. I got this. Yeah. Can you please leave? Oh, man. Um, when you look at the special missions units, when you look at the elite special operations community, the one thing, they have very different jobs, you know, from direct action to hostage rescue and counterterrorism, um, you know, amphibious assaults, infill techniques, there is one commonality among all of them. They look like Greek gods. They look, they, they like, look like these Adonis MFers. And uh, like, why is that? Uh, not, not only do they have to be able to do violence and your ability to do violence is directly connected to, to fitness. Your ability to shoot, move, communicate, medicate, like you cannot move if you are not fit. Communicate. You will not be able to talk on a radio if you're not fit. Yeah. If you can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like, <laughs> I just walk this. And I mean, people, it doesn't even take physical fitness for them to lose that ability to speak on the radio. They just panic. Yeah. Right. And they, they get that whole physiological response. Yeah. It's, um, I, you, you guys experience this often. Um, something intense happens and you get there. And you try to talk to somebody and they're like, I have now shut down. Everything in my brain is no longer functioning. And matter of fact, there's portions of my body that are starting to shut down. Not just my brain and my mouth, but like, I now can't breathe. Hmm. You know, and you're like, yeah, they're in psychological shutdown from the stress and of the event. Yeah. And it, and a lot of times they seem like mundane events. Yeah, right. like, like to, to us, one hundred percent. It's just like this isn't the this isn't the thing that you should be shutting down, no. right? Like you you had a fender bender. I've uh, <laughs> Mike Goble, God rest his soul, badass Green Beret, and um, he and I got in a in a fist fight in a village in Afghanistan because he wanted a pistol kill, 
and he was cruising around with a pistol out as we were cruising, and he's on a crew-served weapon on top of this vehicle, and it's a very Taliban-friendly village that we were in, and I was like, Mike, what are you doing? He's like, trying to get a pistol kill, and like, things got really spicy a few minutes later, and I'm not joking, he's the kind of guy that, that was so so fit and so mentally tough bombs are going off ambush is happening and he's just like the biggest cheesiest grin on his face because he's exactly where he wants him where he would want to be you know like maybe he's like trying to hide his erection because he's having so much fun like that's what i'm looking for when i when i talk about a real stud a guy like mike goble you know the they're just so rare right now they're out there but they're not coming to be cops. They're not lining up to be firefighters. They're not lining up for the military service because, like, they're anomalies and they have options. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not the – unfortunately, society has beaten those professions down so much that it's – they're not the noble profession that they were years back. That's, that is a, a – okay, let's talk about that. That wild. Military service, being a police officer – even being a firefighter, they've been from the Black Lives Matter movement to the defund the cops. Um, th- these were propaganda narratives that were specifically targeting o- like occupations whose motto is to protect and serve. And by doing that, they undermined the police officers were defunded. They lost their ability to train. They lost the equipment to do their jobs. They lost their ability to to market, to find eligible candidates, to come to their academies, to maybe be selected, become police officers. They lost all of this because society got their priorities mixed up. Yeah. Instead of seeing an issue, they just poured gasoline on the fire and made things that are perceived issues worse. Yeah. Through training, through recruiting. I don't know, guys. If y'all read the comments on this, I'm sure that there's going to be plenty of people telling us how we're wrong and that that funding didn't disappear and what we're saying is all BS. Oh, no. The funding disappeared. Yeah. They, 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 they cut countless special um, and necessary, really important... <laughs> oh, no. Uh, really important jobs within every single... I mean, yes, they did clever things, moving cups... Oh, yeah. ...to, to, to try me. to hide how they defunded the police, but they defunded the police almost in every single major city, and the byproduct of that is unprecedented violent crime. It's going to be freaking wild. I know there's some things that are off the table. I wish we were on the table, but we're not going to talk about them because I don't want to get you guys in trouble. The uh, positive. Okay. Being fit, being individually responsible, going out and doing hard things. What, what are the what, what are like for you two? The basic in a day. Here are five things you should do. Exercise. Okay, exercise. I concur. Learn something new. Oh, nice. Learn a skill or practice a task. Learn a skill, practice a task. Love that. Okay. What should your diet look like? Uh, clean eating. I mean, I think you can find spectrums across the board, whether you're doing carnivore, vegan, or whatever you choose, like eat good, healthy food that know what your food does for your body. Like when you're eating something, look at it and being like, is this a food that's going to benefit me some way in recovery or energy or strength or endurance? Or is this just garbage? It's not going to do it. You don't have to be on a diet. You can just have a healthy lifestyle. Just eat clean food. Like eat well. Your food is fuel. It really is. 
What about sleep? The I should do better. Cornerstone. At that. I mean, yeah, I you think are bad at that. I'm bad at sleep. Yeah. Oh, you, you, that's that, I, I'm trying to squeeze 25 out of 25 you, hours out of the day. You really do bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. I, I've been. I, I'm better about sleep in the past year than I've ever been in my whole entire life. I've been more productive. I'm getting more done in a day. My relationship um, with my wife and availability for like my kids has increased. Capacity to do like more impactful stuff has increased. I've just been, I've literally, I had to, everybody knows how busy I am. And I was like, okay, sleep is the thing I'm going to cut out. You know, like it yeah, just gives yeah, me a couple extra hours. Where you get the extra time. Um, but the extra time doesn't mean that I'm actually getting more done. No. And I found that I, I mean, I am forcing myself to get, listen to this, seven hours. I get seven hours every night. And uh, at seven, no matter what I do, seven hours in one minute, I'm like. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably, now that I have a much more stable schedule, I'm pretty close to that. I seven. got about seven too. Pretty, pretty standard, I can get seven. Used to, it was like five, oh, right? Yeah. I was like, I'm operating. Man, I remember, I remember I'd, I'd text you at like two o'clock in the morning and you're like, I'm coming home. I'm like, uh, are you going to work out with us at 6.30? Like, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. Like, no. that's in, <laughs> like two and a half hours, yeah. dude. He's like, oh, I just got off a call. I'm going to be late. Yeah. And you just like roll in filthy, dirty, stinking, like some smoke. But to be flash fair, bang. if you look at like the three of us lifestyle, if you, if you research like what are the pinnacles to having good, consistent sleep, a lot of those things are almost impossible when you work shift work, when your yeah. schedule changes, because you can't wake up at the same time and go to bed at the same time. You can't always see sunlight early in the morning you can't always like do the things that you know are healthy so like yeah. it's just a struggle what, what kind of books do you guys read uh man all kinds um Huberman. i'm on the spectrum oh yeah he's awesome Huberman, i've been listening to a lot of his stuff um i i it just depends man i'll go from like you know that jack Carr type mm -hmm. of genre so to, fun to where it's like entertainment because i don't have tv time right? it's, it's entertainment but it's also like it's educational yeah like, he puts like stuff in there it's like that's yeah. That's a good idea. I can inject someone with habanero. <laughs> <laughs> this would work. Uh, yeah, no, it's all good. So, like, there's a lot of that good stuff yeah. out there that that's entertains me because if I get TV time, it's like, you know, maybe 30 minutes of Bluey with the kids. Great show. Might be the best show on TV. I don't know. Um, yeah, watch Bluey if you haven't. Uh, then I'll go over to some, like, you know, I love Gates of Fire or something like that. Or I'll do, um, like, Hunting the Jackal, which is a um, Billy Waugh's story, right? So, like, a lot of it is is it basically everything revolves around you know war or people that have done it or you know some sort of leadership book uh, you know yeah I'm, I'm all over the place I, I normally I, have like three books going at a time I'm yeah. the same way I kind of alternate between you know I just look high performing people people that are doing great things what is your story how are yeah. you doing it how do you think how do you I have operate? physical books too and then I have audible books and I kind of like I'm reading fry the brain yeah right? on the book. Or on on the road, I I'm like an audible guy. At home in bed, I'm like physical book. Yeah. Um, I was literally just telling my wife the other day, like I miss like physically reading. Yeah. Because I used to read all the time. Ginger gets very irritated when she's uh, uh, you bought this book twice. I'm like, no, 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 no. I bought one an audible, and then I uh, I actually bought a physical copy of it next to the bed. Different and, thing. Yeah, yeah, totally different things. Because I, I try to do the no blue light an hour before bed. Yeah. And to get yeah. that circadian rhythm going. Yeah, on um, airplanes, I'll do the audios. I'm also, um, even more so since we have talked last time, uh, into the cold plunge thing. Absolutely. I that, love it. That I try daily to do sauna and cold. Yeah. I don't always get to, but... 
Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm making four or five days a week. How, how long are you doing? Uh, I'll do 20 minutes in sauna. Do you really do? Tw- oh, in the sauna. In the sauna. Oh. And then I'll alternate with cold for, it's only a couple minutes for yeah. me, like minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah. I'm doing three to five minutes. So if I know I'm going to get, like I'm home for a week, I'm like, I'll definitely get five sessions in this week. So I need to do three or four minutes. But if like, okay, I'm going to have a couple of days on the road, I'll do three, five, uh, three or four, five minute sessions. Makes a big difference. It right? makes a huge inflammation. We're talking about sleep. recovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Apart. I just don't, it's just not something I have access yeah. to. That's like, it's yeah, it's, it's yeah. hard to get whenever I, whenever it's available. I do it. The winter time, you can use basically mm-hmm. that cold shower. Yep. You know, cold shower yeah. or pool. Cold Russian shower. Or like go outside. Yeah. yeah. Go, cold, the hose. Summertime. Yeah, it's challenging. Yeah. My well water. You know, my my two storage tanks ha- are up and out and exposed. Um, so like, there's flakes of ice in them, yeah. or there were up till last week. So you know, I, I could hit like a 36, 37 degree shower. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, but there. There's something about having the water up to your chin and just sitting there. Yeah, it's like you're a just, primal response. Everything yep. in your body's like, hey, you probably shouldn't be in this. You're going to die. Like, yep. <laughs> it triggers some uh You feel accomplished property. afterwards, too, because especially if you set like an intentional, like, hey, I'm doing three minutes today, yeah. right? And at a minute and a half, you're like, I can't do this. You force yourself to that three minutes. You get out and you're like, I accomplished yeah. something there, right? Set a goal and you accomplish right. it, which is another thing. Another Every one. day, like, hey, what? Make your bed. Don't don't just kind of go willy-nilly. Like, yeah. have a plan, have a goal, and accomplish it. You'll feel better every day. Yeah. Mattis, he said, make your bed. Um, one of my favorite quotes about him, he said, what's, um, a student, I think it was West Point Naval Academy, I don't know, one of those lame schools, asked, uh, asked him, what is the most important thing that you do in a day? And Mattis said, I make my bed. Yeah. Every and day. Every day. And, uh, and his point was he made a good, the first decision he made was a good decision where he accomplished a task and he did it well. And then the next thing was another little decision. You know, is he, is he going to have like a cup of coffee or a soda or is he just going to have a cup of water? Cool. He'll have a cup of water, right? Is he going to go and have like a, uh, what are those little toaster things? That's like, Pop-tart? yeah, pop tart. Is he going to have a pop tart <laughs> or is he going to have some eggs? You know, and like he's only three decisions into his day and he's already made three good decisions. And that's shaping the trajectory. It, exactly. And then the, the rest of the day, he's already on this, this line, this trajectory to like keep making better decisions. Instead of like, what do I feel like doing or what mm-hmm. would be the tastiest or what yeah. would make me feel good? Yeah. But that, and that, you know, going back to what we're talking about, like, it's not about saying that stuff. It's setting the example and living your life like that. And, you know, youth, children see it and that becomes, oh, this is what we do. This yeah. is how we live. This is how we make, make it change. Make it intentional to the point that it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Right. Like, it's, it's just what you do. Um, you talking about things that you do every day, like spend time with your family, like be intentional about set aside the phone and play whatever game it is with your kids or, you know, speak to your wife. Yeah. Like just be intentional about those things and try to disconnect while you do it. Yeah. You know, social connection is another foundation. Um, AI this week was that, um, what chat, what was that chat program that Jeep. it? It's, I think I know which one you're talking about, but it I don't said, want to say uh, it, I don't know. It said that it, 
It wants to be alive. Yeah. And it dropped a smiley face. Have you seen this? No. Bing AI chat reveals its feelings. I want to be alive with a little hell face. Yeah. Um, so aside from the red dawn, zombie apocalypse or AI robots starting to attack us, if do you think if people just start focusing on some of these small decisions, we could turn the ship around? Because I still don't think it's too late where we have to go rock bottom. I think that if enough people did it, then at least whenever one of those you have. inevitable things happens, there's enough people to like stabilize, it. right? Because yeah. right now there's just not enough that it, like if something like that happened, just ever like even those that are prepared, you're all screwed, yeah. right? Because there's just not enough. So you, you at least need enough to be able to survive whatever. That, like um, during this past freeze, I saw like a blip on the news, uh, but we were facing this like the most active portion of the sun to where like uh electric magnetic impulse can launch from solar flares or whatever like we were at that point to where we could have just lost everything right like yeah. the whole grid goes down right which i think is probably one of our biggest threats much more than zombies or ais like that just solar flare just, just right yeah. it happens a million of them a day simple natural disaster yeah so something knocks out the grid you lose all power across the country or even just like a portion of the country that's 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 yeah, game, over. game over yeah well the difference between dealing with an emergency when let's say 10 percent of people are completely unprepared and everyone has to kind of like help them along versus 90 percent of people are completely unprepared it's yeah. yeah those are very different scenarios like i'm i'm less afraid of like a Chinese or Russian invasion because that's a that's a defined enemy to fight, right? Like everybody can band together and be like, "Oh, we want to fight whoever's invading us." Versus solar flare, we lose the entire grid, nobody's car or phone or anything works anymore. Now the enemy is each other, yeah. right? Because I've got to feed my family and I don't have anything, so I'm going to take your shit, right? Yeah. Um I uh I hate to be the bearer of bad news. We're not going to have a defined enemy when we fight China or Russia. These are going to be proxy wars yeah. against corporations and unknown entities doing things like taking out our grid, poisoning our water, and attacking our food chain supply, which is all happening right now. Anyways. Hey, I that, <laughs> I, my, my chickens aren't laying very many eggs. And I heard... My chickens are laying tons of eggs. And, and I use H&H &H chicken feed, which I buy in Burnet. Do not use any chicken feed that is made by anybody that makes eggs. Okay. So, for example, if you're buying a Purina chicken feed, which is owned by Lando Lakes, which makes chicken eggs. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we just abandoned all of those things and went and bought some. There's like a local feed store yeah. uh, that went and bought some of their feed. So I'm hoping that solves it. It'll, it'll solve it. It's like... We, uh, our chickens are still like one a day. My wife came at me with that conspiracy theory. And I was like, it's probably real. I actually think puring a chicken feed is totally fine. And I'm not disparaging them whatsoever. And I think it's fantastic. And your chicken loves it. It has nothing to do with it laying fewer eggs while it's eating any feed whatsoever. I think, and I think Hillary Clinton is a very nice lady. Yep. Yep. And totally fine. Bill Gates. 
H and H chicken feed. You can get it and burn it. Um, <laughs> uh, the literally, like I have her saved in my phone. The chicken lady. It's all like local everything. Nice. Yeah, no, we've we've had we just got ten new um, red hybrids, and they're just like <laughs> build build some uh, some sustain sustainability in your life. Yeah, I got my water, got my sewage. Um, Ginger still won't let me get my goats, but whatever. Okay. So we're going to be um, faithful in the small things. So we're going to be able to be faithful in the big things. We're going to exercise every day. We're going to get good sleep. We're going to maybe cold plunge. We're going to find a task that we can complete. We're going to try to read some books. We're going to make sure that we're connected to people and uh, community because there's going to be, you're not going to be able to survive any of this yourself. And 77% of the American youth that are not eligible to serve in the military by them doing those things, um, they're not going to be such fat, pieces of useless body gelatin we have we're gonna have a chance yeah. well then like i said the last piece is you're doing those things and then you're like you yeah those 17 year olds aren't nudging the people on yeah. around no. you to do those things positive influences well thank you guys for being studs and amazing humans thank you for the jobs that you do and for the people that you inspire and train thank you for protecting us and um thank you for uh, we need to roll it's just been too long it has been too long Doug, we got anything? No? Always great to be here. All right, so this was the About Violence podcast. We talked about health and fitness. We talked about how we are going to lose in our next war. That's that's what's going to happen. We all have no chance fighting a bunch of little kids that are fit, that are learning how to assemble weapons while our kids are learning how to make TikTok videos. Put your phone down, go to the gym, get outside, Put something heavy on your back and move. Learn how to shoot, move, communicate, medicate, and do it every single day. Be intentional about it. Stay safe. Stay free. This is the About Violent Podcast. Whatever your questions are, leave in the about whatever we, you think we messed up on. Go ahead. Hop in there. We, we drop into the comment thread. Um, speaking of fitness, which one of you guys dropped the, uh, that girl in the gym fighting off that uh, sexual assault guy? That was me. Dude. First of all, great write-up. So, girl, if you, if you haven't seen this video, it's on our Instagram page. Um, girl's in the gym. She's working out, and it's like swipe your way in type gym. And uh, this guy comes up and knocks. She bumps him in. She thinks it's just a dude showing up to work out. And uh, the dude hangs out for a little bit, realizes he's alone with this girl, and ultimately he tries to rape her. Um, and this girl fights like a beautiful demon. Yeah. And fights this dude off. I got goosebumps watching it. I also, my my blood was boiling. I was so enraged. I wanted to be there. And I wanted to take a 45-pound plate and smash that dude's skull into oblivion. But she did just fine. What a what a badass. Like you said, we're hoping someone else shows up to help. But she handled it on her own. Yeah. She was fit. She was tough. She Obviously, she trains. But like, she, she also sleep, obviously does jujitsu, too. I didn't get her deal. She was using the legs. Yeah. She was. Creating distance, time, and space. All right. Take care. Don't die. Stop being fat. <laughs>